In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is a foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In the Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In the Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. Thank you listeners for tuning in to In the Pocket. I'm your host, Flo Edwards, and today our special guest is Marcus Houston. He is on the charter here in Portland, Maine, and he is a uh, track and field coach at Bowdoin College. Uh, Please, Marcus, introduce yourself. Uh, thanks, Flo. Um, my name is Marcus Houston. Uh, I, uh, I I represent District 4 on the Charter Commission here in Portland. Um, and in my full-time job, I am a assistant track and field coach at Bowdoin College. I coach the long jump and triple jump um, and some other events as well. And I also um, am a parent organizer at an organization called Starting Strong, which uh, represents families when it comes to child care and it really helps them find the resources that they need um so those are sort of the three things that i do um i'm born and raised uh well i was born in monmouth maine grew up in monmouth maine small town near augusta um graduated from Monmouth academy went to colby college and um you know i've been in maine my whole life um really love it here and as many times as i've wanted to leave i never have um just something love about the state yeah right on um so do you ever coach shot put that's the thing i did in high school so that's why i was asking uh no i have never coached shop i i did it when i was in like middle school but i i don't coach it now no we have another coach for that right on so how did you find yourself getting involved into politics? Yeah, great question. Um, I think it has, it's something that's always been in the back of my mind. I think I've been involved in activism and organizing ever since I was in high school. Um, really small acts of organizing when I was in high school. And then I knew some people who uh, did it and sort of stayed involved through that and did organizing all the way through college as well and um, worked on a lot of campaigns. And I think like I had always sort of, I think a big part of why I did organizing and activism was to amplify people's voices and give people a voice who hadn't necessarily always been represented especially here in Maine um there are a lot of us who our voices aren't necessarily in things and um I think that the Charter Commission seemed like a really good opportunity to sort of step up and take that to the next level and sort of give people more of a voice here in Portland obviously there's a very rough tumultuous history of the 
of the Charter Commission uh, here in Portland. And so sort of finding ways to give marginalized groups more of a voice here in Portland seemed really important to me. Um, it's been very uncomfortable for me and tough for me at times to be a Charter Commissioner and run a campaign talking about myself, but I think the rewards sort of um, negate that uncomfortability. Yeah, I would say that you're doing a, a great job at it. Um, not that I keep up at all with <laughs> what's going on, but it just seems that you articulate your mission, your, your passion, and you seem relatable and nothing seems scripted. And that's really important as a voter, at least on my end, to feel like the candidate is just doing it because they want to do it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So what did you major in in college? I was a uh, English and American studies double major uh, in college. So no sports at all? No. I, uh, my, not, none of my majors had anything to do with science or sports. I was strictly humanities. Right on. So how did you know that you wanted to do coaching? I actually didn't know that I wanted to, to, to be a coach. Um, so it, it's kind of a funny story how I ended up being a coach. Um, so I had my first job out of college. I worked in Bangor and I had this job um, in politics that I actually really didn't like at all. Um, and I really didn't enjoy my time up in Bangor very much. And so I was sort of looking for a way out and then one day, um, my head coach from Colby texted me and asked if I had ever thought about being the coach. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll give it a try. Um, and I was also just really desperate to, to get out of that situation that I was in. And um, so I gave it a shot. And now here we are four years later. I'm still a coach, a different institution now, but um, I really love it. It's, it's really rewarding in a lot of different ways. And so... Um, yeah, sort of stumbled into it by accident, but it's uh, it's been really rewarding and really cool. Right on. Um, so four years now coaching, do you see this as like your your career? Uh, I, I, I think so. Um, I, I really enjoy it and it's sort of like, you know, I, it sort of combines my like two favorite things which are sports and i'm also really passionate about education i just said this in my introduction but i also just finished up my master's in education so i feel like being a coach sort of combines those two things that i really care about and it's um it's a lot of fun um maybe i'll be a head coach someday but i'm also the kind of person that sort of lives by the, the seat of my pants and so something could come up and i could in my mind but for now I do see myself being a coach for uh, the extended future. Yeah. Right on. Well, congratulations, Marcus. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you finish the master's at Odin? Uh, no, I got my master's from Thomas College up in Waterville. Yeah. That's a beautiful campus, actually. I've that is really it. nice up there. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, you said that you were, um, I can't remember the name of the nonprofit organization that you, you volunteer with them. Are you on the board? What was it? Uh, yeah, it's called Starting Strong and I work for them as a parent organizer. So 
I meet with a group of parents every couple of weeks and sort of talk about their needs as far as childcare goes um, and sort of what they're facing here in Portland. You know, pandemic really revealed there's a lot of problems with the childcare system. Um, and so sometimes they, they don't have childcare because the center's closed because somebody got COVID there, so they had to shut down for two weeks and parents are scrambling to find childcare or there's just no childcare around. Um, so sort of helping them navigate those issues and sort of the overall goal of what my job is to, is to just amplify, amplify the parents' voices and sort of give them a voice in the spaces where um, people are talking about childcare and making decisions about childcare because lots of times it'll be like legislators and like other high ups and other things talking about um, childcare, but really the most affected people, the parents and the children are sort of left out of those conversations. So our goal is to amplify their voices and give them um, sort of space to share their, their experiences and hopefully influence decisions that are being made around childcare. So not not necessarily lobbying, but an advocate, advocacy. Yeah, yeah, advocacy for sure. I would. It's so. Um, it's it's like it's almost like an equivalent of Portland Empowered, if you know what Portland Empowered does. Um, but it's basically the same as what they do, except for zero to five years old, rather than high school age um, kids and parents. Um, so it's a lot like that. It's, basically just advocacy work yeah right on um did you find like did you envision yourself doing a lot of advocacy work while you were in college or high school yeah i think so i think like uh especially when i was in high school we did like this small like activism thing in my high school and we did some things to get some stuff started at my school and I thought that was really cool that like a small group of high school kids could actually affect change at their high school and then I sort of kept following that all the way through high school and I think it's always just been a part of who I am and what I aspire to do so um you know I think there's always things to do and um yeah I so I think that's a big part of what I will continue to do for sure whether or not I'm a coach. So as you're um, living your young adult life, um, and clearly you love running, um, do you sign up for any of the races that are had in the state or out of state? Uh, yeah, I, I try to. I don't run as much as I used to, obviously. Um, but um, I do like to run. Um, running doesn't necessarily like me. I've had some knee problems for a long time and so I can't run as much as I used to, but I do like to do the races. I do I usually like two or three times a summer I will do a race. Um, I think they're a lot of fun and you know it's a really cool community that we have here in Maine and sort of around New England of runners. Like I feel like it's a very supportive environment. So I like to have that in my life for sure. Yeah. So what are the races you got lined up this year? Oh, great question. Um, so I signed up for, um, so far I've only signed up for two. Um, there's the Flight Deck um, 5K, which is in Brunswick. Um, sort of, if you know where the, 
the old airport is, is in um, Brunswick. It's there. Um, and then also Friends on the 4th 5K, which is in Winthrop, which is really close to my hometown. I try to do that every year because me and a bunch of my high school friends who all ran cross country together in high school um, try to relive our glory days and run that one. Um, so I do. Uh, I just have those two right now. I'll probably find another one probably in the fall. Right on. Yeah, I always pick races. I, I'm not fast. I'm sure you're very, very much ahead of me if I were in a race with you. But I like to participate. And I've noticed that I prefer them to feed me and give me beer at the end of the race. Do yeah. any of these, I assume Flight Deck definitely offers beer at the end of theirs. What about the Winthrop one? Uh, the Winthrop one does not, but they generally have pretty good snacks. And, um, and if you do well enough in your um, your category there's some pretty good prizes that you can win that do involve beer but um yeah uh sadly it does not um have beer involved but it does have good food which i appreciate that's important i used to think t-shirts were important but i was like nah right <laughs> yeah <laughs> they can be but not as much for beer for me so um, is there something that you like besides the nostalgia with running with old buddies? Um, is there something else that you look forward to at your races? Um, I think I, I think those are like big things, and also like the community. Um, but I also um, am like a very competitive person, and so I think like sort of. I'm not as fast as I used to be, but I think like this is sort of like an outlet for me to be at least a little bit competitive with people. And sometimes it'll just be me in my head pretending to be competitive with other folks. But um, yeah, I like the competitiveness that comes from some races. So I look forward to that. That's also just fun to be outside and like, you know, like there's all kinds of different races across Maine and you can go see new places. And like that's really cool as well. Right on. Um, so it sounds like the Winthrop one is like a standard that you always do. Um, are there other races that you're thinking about or been doing research on? And you're like, oh yeah, maybe 2023 I'll do this. Um, I think I would. I would really like to do. I want to do a marathon at some point. I, I'm obviously I'm not in that good shape right now, but I think I would like to do one at some point. Um, for the past couple of years, I've put myself in the raffle for the Honolulu Marathon um, every single year. Hopefully, trying to get a spot. I haven't won yet, but I would like to go somewhere cool and do a marathon. Maybe. Um, yeah, I think that would be really cool. Um, obviously, I would have to start training for that, um, which I think is a big roadblock right now. Well, I mean, I know you say that you're not in good shape or young person shape, I guess, is probably what you're thinking. But you probably put in some decent miles every week and you've been a runner for a very long time. So I, I doubt your training is going to be as intensive as somebody who's like never run. Maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, good to hear. Um, so, do you have any other hobbies? Um, during the pandemic, I picked up uh, cycling. I think, like, I was looking for another sort of outlet. Um, I think we all needed some kind of outlet during the pandemic, especially when it was really bad. And so, just one day, I went out and bought a bike and got into cycling. I think that's been really great and I've really enjoyed that. Um, 
I also really enjoy cooking. Um, I think that's another big hobby of mine, um, especially like barbecue foods. I have a smoker in my backyard that I use a lot, even in the winter when it's snowing. I think that's been really nice to have as an outlet. Um, so yeah, I would say those are my two other big hobbies that I have. Nice. Um, I love eating meat, so I'm glad to hear that you're smoking meat. Nice. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and when I hear cycling, I always think that cyclists, they seem to want to cheat the system. It's always about like, how can I be as aerodynamic as possible? Um, are, are you falling in that zone too? Um, I mean, I, I, I see how it's helpful, but I don't necessarily uh, uh, resort to those rules. I did do a, a cycling race last summer and people were really into it and it was I was just doing it for fun but people were really into it and really in those aerodynamic sort of positions uh, the entire race and I don't know how they do it because honestly it kind of hurts like my lower back to be hunched over like that um, yeah I don't I, I mostly just cycle for, for fun so I don't try to be aerodynamic and all that I'm glad you're still cool that's good to hear <laughs> Um, you know, I haven't asked anybody this yet. Um, you're my first, but do you feel like the pandemic is gone or that we're just not talking about it? Like, how do you feel about where we are at with the pandemic? Yeah, I feel like we're in like this sort of like no man's land right now, kind of in like limbo right now. Like, I, I think, I think that it's still very much a thing and like, I still wear masks when I go in places, but I, and I feel like we kind of ran into this last summer too, but now we're here a year later and I think people have just started like taking their masks off and pretending like the pandemic's not real. Um, even though the numbers will still show, it's very much still a thing. And I think the news will say that we've sort of left the pandemic stage, but you know, I still get nervous. I still know people who are testing positive for COVID. Um, and so it's still very much a, a thing for me um, I just think like there's like everyone's just kind of like what are the rules anymore and it just kind of seems like all the rules that we had for the past year 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 and a half almost two years just kind of like went away all of a sudden um, yeah like you go to events places that used to have vaccine requirements they don't have that anymore or like the negative test requirement um, so it feels like it all just kind of disappeared which makes me a little uncomfy because when this happened last summer by the end of summer, we had this massive resurgence and then we spent the whole year recovering. So, um, I'm no public health expert, but um, it does make me a little nervous, like sort of going around and seeing people just not wearing masks. I hear you. Um, I often, like one of my daytime jobs or the only daytime job I have, I actually work in people's mouths. So I've kind of, I think either when you have such close proximity, either you're like, desensitized to it or you're like hyper vigilant about it and I've kind yeah. of been like I want to do the right thing like I'll take a vaccine I was in the army like shoot me up with whatever um <laughs> but I do have to say that it's it's almost nice to have that ignorance is bliss like I and I feel guilty and bad saying that but um I definitely am hoping that we don't have a resurgence for the winter yeah. That'd be nice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> yeah. 
right. So um, I often ask people, because there is such good alcohol in the state, are you into any beer drinking or um, hard seltzer or any of the distilleries? Yeah, great question. I enjoy all of those things, and I think Portland's a great place because it has all of those things and all those places that you can go. Um, yeah, I really love all the breweries that we have. Um, go there often. It was a great outlet, especially during the pandemic because they had outside seating. You can go hang out with your friends. Um, but yeah, I do love the brewery scene and also like the distilleries and the new ones opening up too. I think that's been really great. Um, yeah, I really like um, whiskey and rum and those sorts of things. So having those distilleries and good places to try um, good liquor and good cocktails is really nice as well. Yeah. You know, I really started to get into rum. One, because there were like the rum riots in Portland. So I feel like it's very manner to like, I drink rum. Um, and then two... A lot of rum is from um, the Caribbean, and I feel like that definitely is a part of the African diaspora, um, which I am a part of. So I was excited in that. Um, is there any particular rums that you've been enjoying? Um, yeah, I, similar to what you said. The first time that I ever got into rum was I went to Puerto Rico a few years ago, and I. That was the first time I'd ever really tried rum and sort of learned the history of rum um, and it coming from the Caribbean. And that was really cool. Um, but here I have, um, here in Maine, I have this one. It's, I think it's Sebago Lake Distillery, which I think is actually in Gardner. Um, I have, I have a bottle of their rum and I, I really enjoy that one. Um, so that's probably the one that I'm enjoying right now. Right on. I've been looking at them and I've been hesitant. I was like, oh, I don't know. I should just drive and then like do a little like flight of their rums. Um, what are some highlights? Are they more like vanilla notes or? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think like it's it's much lighter than other rums that I think that I've had. Like the vanilla is very much there and it's, it's very... Um, it's a little sweet also also smells good and like some rums like have the potential like when you're talking about like Caribbean rums like a lot of them are a little bit darker and have some pretty pretty intense flavors that are good but also really intense um and so it's sort of like that but a little bit on the lighter side like you still get those same flavors but it's not as much like in your face which I think I enjoy because I think that the kind that I have is like made for sipping rather than cocktails and so makes it more enjoyable I think instead of like the harsh notes that can go from there yeah harsh is a bad word intense flavors yeah right intense yeah <laughs> aka yeah. harsh yeah no I <laughs> I've learned that as I've gotten older I don't know if it's just that I'm getting lazy and I don't want to like make a cocktail but I'd rather have something that I can just sip partly too because I think when you're making a cocktail, you're introducing more sugars. Like nine times out of ten, you're just bringing more sugar in, and I kind of feel like it makes me feel a little more sluggish the next day than if I just actually have the pure spirit. Have, yeah. have you noticed that too? I have, yeah, and I, I really, I, I enjoy sipping on 
things, I think it's kind of makes me feel like I feel like it's it's associated with being like sophisticated and like high life and things like that. So it makes me feel like I'm sophisticated as well, but also just like I feel like get to really enjoy the full spirit and not necessarily have all those stories and it doesn't make awful the next not awful but not the same the next day like i do relate to that sluggish feeling if you you know go out and have like margarita or something you're probably gonna feel sluggish the next day um yeah i do enjoy just sipping on things the most right i love that you said sophisticated i imagine you like having like some sort of pimp cup just because (laughs) that sounds sophisticated to me (laughs) of course i have jay-z behind me on the wall but yeah um yeah i also feel like having just the pure spirit does make me feel like i'm jet set i i know what i'm doing even though i might not have any idea what i'm doing i'm just learning um do you have yours neat or do you like to open it up with ice yeah i like to i like to open mine up with ice um most of the time and sometimes it depends like if i'm drinking a bourbon i will put it on ice and i have like I'm a little snobby and I bought like special special ice cube molds um, so that they're like the big like circle ones um, which are nice and so if it's like bourbon I'll drink it on the rocks but sometimes I'll just drink like a scotch um, really depends on what mood I'm in Um, so I sort of go back and forth I hear you I think it probably rocks most of the time I think I'm usually I know I am uh, usually just neat um, partly because it seems that the extra water, like I'm trying to buy the perfect alcohol where I don't need to add any water to it. Like I'm trying to get as lazy as I can be about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I just want to pour something, one thing and I'm done. I don't need to go to the freezer. Yeah. I'm just like pour done. Um, yeah. And scotch is really cool. Like, um, so what scotch are you into? Um, so yeah, I sort of came into it like later in my sort of like so like my liquor discovery. But um, uh, right now I have one called it's called Shackleton, um, dedicated to the the famous explorer um, Shackleton. But um, I really enjoyed that one. I also have Monkey Shoulder, which is another really great one that I've enjoyed. But um, sort of got into it by drinking sort of like the classic Johnny Walker Red Label. Um, um yeah so those are like the three that i probably drink the most um and yeah that's probably the one that makes me feel the most sophisticated because i'm uh, as a kid i grew up watching my my grandfather just like sit around talking with his friends around the fire smoking cigars drinking a glass of scotch and so so it makes me feel a little fancy and like i'm a little bit older when i'm drinking a glass of scotch yeah, I hear you. Well, those are good brands, I, I assume, and I will check them out. I definitely know about Johnny Walker, but the other yeah. two I'm not familiar with, uh, but I'll keep an eye out. Um, it's been really great talking with you, Marcus. Uh, thank you so much for spending the time with ITP listeners. Um, what's the plug? How can we reach you? Yeah, um, so my Instagram is MarcusH32. That's my Instagram handle and my Twitter handle is at Marcus Houston. Um, so those are probably the two easiest ones to reach me at. I'm on those two the most. And so if you need anything, have any questions, feel free to reach out. Right. And Marcus is spelled M-A-R 
C-Q-U-E-S. Thank you for tuning in to In the Pocket. I'm your host, Flo Edwards, and our special guest today was Marcus Houston. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, you, hey. (laughs) It's been so long. Let's not be strangers through the pandemic. What are you talking about? I've been Zooming and texting. That's not the same as being in the same room. I know, but what's a girl to do? My friend, Flo, is bringing back Fourth Friday. Fourth Friday is an extended happy hour for BIPOC individuals to casually gather and extend their network in a safe and multi-generational space. Hey, what? I thought that was dead. It's coming back to life every Fourth Friday this June on the 24th, this July on the 22nd, and this August on the 26th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Fork Food Lab. That's what's up. Will there be food? Yes, it's being catered by Jonesen. Jamaican and Asian fusion will be popping. What about parking and beverages? Parking is available on the street. and You can buy beverages, spirited and non from the bartender. And P.S. Your temperature might be taken while you're there. As long as it's not the rectal option, I'm down. Anyways, Fourth Friday is back this summer at Four Food Labs, catered by Jonesen. And yes, Fourth Friday is on the fourth Friday of summer months from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Fork Food Lab, catered by Jonesen. We hope to see you at this BIPOC mixer of Fourth Friday. This is WMPG 90.9 Southern Maine Community Radio from USM.